Everyone say together. And we say it one more time. Together. I've shared with you, we've not done it so much recently, but the last time I was told the backgrounds of StorySide, they told me we have 17 backgrounds. 17. Part of it is, I think, sometimes that you have a diversity even of, you have a diversity even of different denominations. So you could have like United Baptist, Primitive Baptist, the, you know, First Baptist, they're different then you have Church of Christ and Lutheran and Pentecost and Apostolic Holiness and Charismatic. You just have so many. We have some people that have an Amish and Mennonite background. We have quite a few Grace Brethren, Church of Christ backgrounds. And I want to give you permission, just because if you look down your road today, the reality is there's probably people in your road that have a different background than you have, Right? If you looked in your section, there's people that would uh, maybe believe even differently in some ways than you would. It's always, it's always important in a church with this many backgrounds that we keep the main things the main things, yes. starting with Jesus. Yes. And so, you know, when we focus on the main things, sometimes it, it helps keep a unity that's very important. If you can laugh at this, because I, I, know, I know when you hear about different backgrounds, especially if it's yours, you're like, you know, Pastor Micah, joke about other backgrounds, not mine. Um, but thinking of the word together, how many church people does it take to change a light bulb? So let's, let's just look at a few of them. How many Presbyterians does it take to change a light bulb? None. God is predestined when the lights will be on and off. <laughs> That's not funny. How many Methodists does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the bulb, nine to confront the preacher, because someone's grandmother gave that bulb to the church. <laughs> How many charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? Only one. Their hand's already in the air. <laughs> Not funny. How many Unitarians does it take to change a light bulb? We choose not to make a statement either in favor or against the need for a light bulb. However, if in your own journey you have found that a light bulb works for you, that's fine. How many Roman Catholics? A couple years ago, our largest growth was, was with a Catholic background. How many Roman Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None. They use candles. Uh, <laughs> we're just talking about diversity. How many Episcopalians? Eight. One to call the electrician and seven to say how much light, they like the old one better. How many Mormons does it take to change a light bulb? Five. One man to change the bulb and four wives to tell him how to do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? 20 plus. One person to change the light bulb, two or three committees to approve the change. 
The other members will provide casseroles at the light-changing potluck immediately following. How many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb? None. Lutherans don't believe in change. Uh, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke, people. How many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the bulb and nine to pray against that spirit of darkness. <laughs> My point is that not everyone can agree on everything. But even in the midst of that, it's important we stay together. Together. I want to read to you today out of Acts 3, Acts 3, verse 1 to 10. Now, Peter and John went up, everyone say together. And Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Notice that word carried, whom they laid daily. The gate of the temple, which was called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. I'd like you to notice that. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately... His feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people, all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Acts 4.22 says the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. When we look at this passage, we take away some principles from this passage that could apply to our lives even today in 2022. We celebrate what God did for this individual, and then I would like you just to apply it even to yourself. The first thing that I would like you to notice is they went together to the temple at the hour of prayer. They went together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Just by a show of hands today, how many of you came today with someone else? You weren't the only person in your car. Will you keep your hand raised just long enough and just look around the room and see all the hands? So just by a show of hands, a vast majority, even in this room, came together. Together. Some people, they didn't even come together but they sat together. I said at our nine o'clock service, I said, I know it's the nine o'clock service, but I will be shocked if I come to the 1045 service 
and Sandy is not sitting with Debbie. Didn't I say it? And here they are. Let's give it up for Sandy and Debbie. I've watched people meet, wait in the lobbies. And they will tell me, my mom's coming, my dad's coming, my brother's coming. I've watched people wait, connect with grandkids, connect with family, connect with friends. I've watched it. Because there's something about together. A lot of times, togetherness is the byproduct of an invite. An invite. Where someone invited you. I've had people, even today, that have shared with me, Pastor Micah, I am here because my girlfriend or my wife just kept inviting me. That's why I'm here. Some people, you were invited by your son or your daughter. I prayed with one lady in the lobby that had tears streaming down her face. A mom who told me just the other day, she said, it's my first time here in three years. My daughter kept, my daughter kept inviting me. She's weeping in the lobby. It's the power of an invite. I've heard it said that Sunday begins on Saturday. That a lot of times people determine or decide if they're coming on a Sunday, Saturday. Where it could be as simple as, hey, are we going to church tomorrow? Whether it's spouse to spouse, family, friend, we go, which service are we going to? You know, I, I'm always intrigued on social media when I observe some of your conversations with each other where you say, I was at church today. Oh, really? I was there too. I miss you. What service are you? I was nine. I was 1045. And sometimes people will even say, hey, next time I'm going to look for you. Next time I want to connect. Something about together. When you look at an invite, maybe you are the product of an invite. If you was to think right now, how did you get connected to faith? Maybe you would say, I got invited to go to Promise Keepers. I've heard men say that over the years. I got invited to go to Promise Keepers or a men's night or a men's event. Other people would say, Pastor Mike, I got invited to student night. Student night. I, I remember even just hearing some of the stories of Alyssa. Alyssa, most people know you. Alyssa's our executive assistant and helps in so many areas of the church. But just raise your hand. Alyssa, Chance, raise your hand. Faith, raise your hand. So if I'm remembering correctly, Alyssa first comes to a student night, and how old was you then? 15. Chance came to a student night, and you were 11. Faith, you came to a student night. I remember people telling your story. If I remember it correctly, I wasn't even sure you wanted to come and all of that stuff. 
My point is that there's three right in the front row right there. They're all products of an invite. Other people could say, I was invited to Freedom Nights. Or I was invited to a life group. Maybe a service like this. It's the power of an invite. People will say, Pastor Micah, I can't invite people to church. I just, I, what do you even say? But then we'll often invite people to cookouts, games or parties, the golf course, hopefully not the club. It's the 1045 service, so I always have to just, just make sure. <laughs> A little tired from last night. <laughs> <sighs> Not every invite this weekend was to worship. Not every invite this weekend was to pray. Not every invite this weekend was to be together like this. In other words, because there's some invites this weekend, in all honesty, people won't even remember where they were and what they were doing. When you think of the word together, you could actually have the right day or the wrong day. So when you get the right day, when you have someone in your life, let's go up together. They went up together to pray. When you get the right day in your life, you should be thankful for that. You should be thankful for people who's like, hey, let's live life together with faith, with spirituality, with positivity. It's the right day. Now, I know I'm biased because I'm a pastor, but I can't wait to get to church. I love God's presence. I love looking across the room. Even just today, I'm outside, I'm hugging people. We're, we're laughing together today. Todd and I are talking. He coaches sports and football and stuff. He's told me he uses some of my messages and notes at times for his team. And different. We're talking in the lobby and we're laughing about a, a situation from a couple years ago. I look across and I see Lori up here worshiping. And then I'm always drawn to, to Macaria and just her love for God and worship. And I was looking over here at, at your children worshiping Wade's. I love being in church together. I love it. I love seeing you. I I love praying together. I love being together. There's something powerful. There's something powerful about being together. There are miracles. There, there are miraculous things that happen in the midst of God's gathered people that don't happen anywhere else. Jesus himself said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered, here's the word, where they're gathered together, in my name, I'm going to be in the midst of that. I want you just to think about it for a moment. The reality that God said, you get two or three together in a group. You get two or three together in a student night. 
You get two or three together in worship. You get two or three together. God said, if you'll do that, then I'm going to get right in the middle of that moment. And how many of you know that in that moment, God can work the miraculous once he shows up? He said, if you'll get two or three. In this story, in the final few moments, you have a lame man. You have these men of God going up together. You have a lame man. And I want you to broaden, if you would, in, in these closing few moments, I'd love for you to broaden how you read these verses with me just to see that there's a lot of lameness that can affect our lives. That you have this man with this crippling circumstance that's physical. It's physical. But I've also met people who have a crippling, if you would, spiritually, emotionally, things that have been said or done to you that has affected your walk. His situation is not a secret, it's known. The Bible says that all of the crowd knew him. He's laid daily. He's over 40. You could tabulate how long of a time frame that is. There are nine gates, but he's put at gate beautiful. It would look like in these scriptures that it's the same place with similar or same results. It's a cycle. It's a routine. It's ritualistic. The issue has is, is become his identity. He's born. The Bible said he was born this way. But now, post age 40, you know, sometimes we'll say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And people will say, sometimes the longer you live, people will stop thinking you can ever change. He's brought daily. He's always been this way. I hear that all the time as a pastor. They've been that way as long as I've known them. Their whole family battles anger. Everyone in their family always struggles with. As long as I've known that guy, as long as I've known her. I just want you to think this guy from birth Caring, if we had time today to talk about, sometimes people close to us will just become carriers. Parents can be guilty of this. We just carry. And then this man, not only does he have carriers asking for alms, now he's going to rely on contributors. So these people are going to carry him. Sometimes we need that in our lives, but I just want you to see what's happening in this story. They're carrying him. And if no one says anything, they're gonna carry him tomorrow. The Bible says daily. These guys are going to carry him tomorrow. And the next day, they're gonna carry him and the next day, 
They're going to carry him. And then these people are going to contribute. This guy, this lame man, over 40 plus years, he is going to rely on the carriers and the contributors. Probably thinking it's been this way for 40 years and it will probably be like this for the rest of my life. Now, I need you as we close today, and I feel the Holy Spirit even saying it. I just need you to think about the areas of your life that maybe it hasn't been 40 years, but it's been a long time where people have carried and people have contributed. And it's into this moment that Peter and John show up and they are not thinking, carrying. And they're not even prepared in that moment. They're coming to pray. They're not coming to contribute. They show up saying, what about change? What about change? Sometimes we need someone outside of our circle to see our situation from another angle. Because most people, and we read it in those final few verses, they all knew who it was. The whole crowd, a crowd, they all knew Zach. Oh, that's the guy who's always by the gate asking for money. Because most people can relate to the lameness in your life. But sometimes you need someone who can see the leaping in your life. Because in verse 2, I'm lame. But in verse 8, the Bible says he is leaping. And so I ask you today, as we get ready to pray, I ask you, I wonder what's in you. I wonder what's in you. I wonder what's on the inside of you that maybe at times you can think it's been like this for 40 plus years and it's probably going to stay like this. And if all you have is carriers and contributors, you will live tomorrow like you lived today. And so if I tell you, Belleville, Ohio, and you start thinking, Belleville's known for this, people have this, and back in the 70s and 80s, this, you'll start thinking, how it is, how it's been, is how it'll always be. And if I said Mansfield, Ohio, you know how many times that I have heard, well, there's a dark cloud over it. And back in the 70s and 80s, all the businesses and, you know, all of the people start thinking that the carrying is the only thing that's ever going to happen. Because we're going to carry, and then hopefully someone's going to contribute and bail us out.
We could talk about Mount Vernon. We could talk about Galleon. We could talk about Lexington and Ontario. We could talk about Ashland. We could talk about your family. We could talk about you. Carrying. Contributing. But every now and then, God can bring someone into your life that there's nothing wrong. I appreciate the caring and contributing, but every now and then, you need someone to come into your life and say, have you ever thought that there's something beyond lameness in your life? Have you ever thought that there's leaping on the inside of you? Have you ever thought that this cycle, like my uncle was this way, and my dad was this way, and grandpa was this way, and my brother was this way, and you're like, I don't want to be carried another day. I don't want contributions. I want change. I want God to do something miraculous in my life. I want schools to change. I want businesses to change. I want mentalities to change. I want to change. I want to change. Every marriage in our families like this, Pastor Micah, every marriage breaks up, every marriage falls apart. Well, what about you are the one who changes? Everybody struggles with that. Everybody gives in. Everybody, what about change for you? Change. Everyone say change. What if that area of your life could be helped or healed? Someone that reminds you that your tomorrow could be different than your today. Someone who tells you that even post 40, you can still change. I'm grateful for the people who have seen something more in me. Maybe today you could think of your own life. Someone who saw something more in you, a spouse, a friend, a leader, someone who walked by and said, I don't just see you lame. I see you leaping. Ultimately today, we all have a God who didn't just see us in verse two. The Bible says he commended his love toward us in that while we were still sinners. I was stuck in verse 2, but God was like, I see way more than that. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God that he reached down in the miry clay and pulled us out of that and set us on a rock. Are you thankful for change today? When you think of your neighbor, when you think of your coworker, when you think maybe of your own kids, those of you in school and college, when you think of your school or college or students, for others, when you think of addicts, for my business leaders, my marketplace ministry leaders, when you think of business and the marketplace, when you think of this region, if you were honest right now, do you see lame? 
or do you see leaping? Because my prayer is that God would stir up on the inside of Storyside to believe I see leaping. I see leaping. I don't see the rest of your life. We're going to carry and we're going to contribute. I believe that there is change that can come into your life and God is able to do something supernatural in your life. As we get ready to pray today, I'm so intrigued in this story. I've been excited to share it with you for a couple of weeks now, but when I read this story, I started thinking, obviously, personally, but then I started thinking of many of you. How that Peter and John They say, silver and gold have I none, such as I have, in the name of Jesus, right? We sing that song, I speak Jesus. I love that, I speak Jesus. Mountains, the low points, the streets, Jesus for my family. They said, I speak Jesus. And then they do something that we read together. They take him by the hand and they lift him up. And the Bible says when they lift him up, Then the ankle bones received strength. But it would come across like before the miracle ever even fully happened, these guys are like, come on, Crystal. Come on, Crystal. You're not going to live the rest of your life in verse 2. Maybe some of you, thank you, Crystal. Some of you could probably think, Pastor Micah, right now, I could think of people who's done that for me two times. (laughs) Right? All right, thank you. Or maybe you would think, if you were honest, I've, I've probably had people do this 10 times in my life. Or you get thinking too long, you might think of 100, where you're like, I would not be here right now if it wasn't for people who said, I refuse to just carry and contribute, carry and contribute, carry and contribute. I believe in change in your life. I believe your best days are still ahead of you. I believe God's gonna do something great in your life, Zach Williams, and I refuse to leave you in verse two when I know there's a verse eight. Come on, Zach, come on, Zach. If you can think of someone today, if you can think of someone today that has done that for you, that prayed for you, that believed in you, that didn't give up on you, will you send them a text today? Will you email them? Will you call them? Will you write them a note? And will you thank them for all of the times that while the crowd, I just want you to notice that the crowd's passing, right? The Bible says the crowd's just going. But somebody stopped and said, if you can think of someone today that's done that in your life, will you tell them thank you? And right now in this holy moment is a good time for you to tell God, thank you for all of the times that you got down, down emotionally, down spiritually, 
right? There's a lot of ways when we talk crippling circumstances, there's a lot of ways we can get down. And all the times that God has used Peter and John's in our life to say, come on, Patrick Horn, come on, Patrick Horn. If you have people like that in your life, if you've had some of those moments in your life, where you're just reminded today, I would not be here. I can't even tell you the amount of times live. I don't want to embarrass you, but my daughter loves you. Brooklyn loves you. Where she's like, Dad, I text Liv. Dad, I talk to Liv. Dad, Liv and I was talking. Dad, Liv and I went to get coffee. Even when I'm watching you play basketball, and I was so proud of you this year, but when I'm watching you and just knowing that it's not just talent and ability and schooling and all that, the fact that you are here on a Sunday and you love Jesus, but all of the people in your life, whether it's Lane or family or Brooklyn, but all the people that would say, come on, live, come on, live. And here's what I want you to notice today, that number one, we're grateful and thankful for all of the people that have helped us up. And then as we pray, I want you to think about all of the people that are in your life right now, that God is saying, hey, I know you can get really busy. And I know that you can just like the crowd just passing by, here's some money. Like, I'm not saying you're walking around giving alms, but it's easy to get really busy in life. What if there is someone in your world right now that needs you to say, hey, I know you can get up again. What if they're on your job? What if they're in your subdivision? What if they're in your world right now and God is saying, I need you to be Peter and John? I need you to speak Jesus, Marla Dunn. I need, I've done it for you. I need you to do it for someone else. There is people thinking the rest of their life, Carrie, contribute, Carrie, contribute, Carrie, contribute. Marla, I need you. It's good to see you, by the way. So think about those things today, if you would, as we close. Think about all the times that God, maybe he's used people, maybe he's done it himself, but he has showed up for you and was like, come on. Can you think of some times? Can you think of some times in your life where God was like, I'm not leaving you there. Then I also want you to think about, am I, I love you, Matt, am I really doing my best to help others get up from some of the same places God helped me to get up from? I don't ever want to get to the point that I am just part of the crowd walking by. Part of the crowd walking by, here's some alms. Here's, hey, good to see you. How you doing? Good day. Oh, sunshine, glad it's 60 degrees. Like, God help me to be sensitive when there's people in my world that just need a helping hand. Listen, we all know he does the supernatural. He's the one gonna give strength to the ankles. I can't get this guy walking, leaping, praising God, but I could do my part to say, hey, I noticed you and I believe there's more to your life than verse two. I could do my part to say, I believe, I believe that God has more in your life. As you stand with me, just with eyes closed all over the room. Can we just close our eyes right now? Can you think of people who stopped in your life? Can you think of people who seen more? They seen more in you? Think about the prayers that they prayed. Think about their invites, their persistency. 
Think about the love that they gave you when you felt unlovable. Thank God for the Peters and Johns in our life. Ultimately, think of Jesus. Jesus. How that when you had cycles in your life that seems like they had gone on for years and years and years and years, but then God showed up. God lets you know you don't have to live the rest of your life like this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe someone on site or online, you need the change I'm talking about. In this moment right now, you could pray prayers. You could say things like, I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Please forgive me, Jesus. Sometimes a really powerful prayer, help me, Jesus. People will tell me, Mike, I don't know what to say. Why don't you just speak the name of Jesus? The Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Restore me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. As we've talked today, if you can think of some people that have stopped for you, would you just raise a hand just as a sign of saying, thank you, God, for the people that have stopped for me in my life. If you want to be someone who stops, would you keep your hand raised? Because I want to pray over you today. If you would say, God, use me seven days a week. Use me to be someone who stops. Your love, your grace, your mercy, your truth. Someone who could help in the change of others' lives. So with hands raised all over the room, God, I pray over Storyside Church. I pray that when needed, we would carry or contribute. But I pray that we would always be a church that believes in change. I pray that we would be a church that speaks Jesus. That we would be a church that truly believes, not just in recognizing verse 2, but we believe in the leaping of verse 8. I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to be the love of God in action. Use every single one of us, regardless of the subdivision we live in, the street we're on, the shift that we're working, the school we attend. Use us, God, to bring hope in hopeless and helpless situations. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you thankful for Jesus today? Come on, are you thankful for Jesus today? Why don't we sing this out to him? I speak Jesus. Jesus I speak Jesus. I speak, the whole I speak it over Crestline today. Jesus. I speak it over B. Cyrus today, over Shelby today, over Galleon today, over Lexington and Mount Zillion. I speak it over Mansfield today, over Fredericktown, over Mount Vernon, over Danville, over Howard. I speak Jesus today from Columbus to Cleveland. I speak Jesus. I speak it over families, over marriages, over our children. I speak Jesus today over addicts, over people with a broken heart, over those down and depressed and discouraged. I speak Jesus today. Such as I have.